1: celebrate By the way, Kawhi looks miserable in this press conference right now. Absolutely miserable. 30 points, yeah, fourteen I, rebounds.
2: I feel um it, it's always hard recording post game because if you record right after the game, you don't get all the post game sound, but if you wait longer than that, you know, you're not relevant. So Yeah.
1: The people want the post game. The people need By the way, the bar, I was at Yancey's in the sunset. I'm sure you know where that is. It I was <laughs> inc- incredible when Igadala hit that three. Like, it was – It Was, it was, was like, there
3: a more
2: Igadala moment than Oh, uh, he gets a ball, he's trying to make a pass, no one's open, no one covers him. He's like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to fucking hit the shot. That's pretty much what he did. And then yep. he looked at everyone upset. Like, he had that, like, you're really going to leave me this wide open? Like, make me work for it intellectually. He was, <laughs> exactly. he was offended that he didn't have to make a basketball play. Did you see Steph's
1: comment after the, after the game about that? No, go ahead. It was, he was saying how, like, he was saying how the Raptors defense was disrespectful and they were janky. Like, who says, bro said janky? Like, I, I <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear a guy like him say that. And that, I mean, that's what they did. Like, they did not let Steph get the ball the last like quarter. And anytime he got the ball, they threw two at him and then they threw another one at the guy next to him, leaving people completely wide open. It was insane. Yeah, you never see anything like that.
2: Yeah, uh peasant clutch Twitter will, will tell you that Steph didn't play well, but I mean man, he was <laughs> I've watched enough Warriors games to know Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green can't do that if they don't have someone swarming oh, yeah. two at them every time.
1: Oh yeah, like anyway. you think? You, yeah, you think you think Andre Iguodala is going to get those shots? You think Draymond Green is going to get you know ten assists a game if Steph is getting covered one on one? Like, come on, right? Like they and they and they know this, right? Iguodala literally after the game too in the locker room was saying how like that's all he wants because he was like saying that people are jealous of him. He was like. His colleagues, his he said, quote, his peers are jealous of him, right? And like Iguodala knows, like people like to talk shit about Steph, and like that's one of the things where he's like, I just want to protect his legacy. I'm like, whoa,
2: yeah, that man. was a dur- that oh, was oh. A, that was a direct quote, and it makes you think how many people have come up oh. to Iguodala and have been like, you you're the finals MVP, you know, if you know, just try to kind of like get into his head, and Andre is like. Man, I don't get those open shots without him. You know, like yeah. Andre's. Andre knows what's up. He's he's one of the three or four smartest basketball players in the NBA right now. Um, like literally, I, l- let's run on a short list. Who do you think smarter than a Goddard? LeBron. <laughs>
1: LeBron, maybe. That's about, yeah. that's about it. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. that's the only player I feel confident saying. Okay, he's got like an intellectual advantage. He's a guy who can like scan the floor and figure out what's going on in a quicker fashion. Yeah. Than yep.
1: That's about yep, it. Like, like even Draymond Green is up there, but like Draymond turns the ball over and he makes a dumb mistake so much that Iguodala would never do.
2: Yeah, uh, but I, I I have a theory on this. I feel like uh, the only difference between Iguodala and Draymond intellectually is um, Draymond's a guy who sees that and thinks
1: <laughs> he could do it anyway.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Andre is a guy who overthinks it. Like, but they they see it at the same speed. Oh, ah, that's, that's a good... By the way, we started the Light Years
1: podcast post-game two, Warriors-Raptors, Warriors-Win, and we're talking about Iguodala and
2: Draymond's IQ. The people yeah, well, are not going to like... We're going to get into this. They, I mean, they like the fact that they know that you and I have been um, out with our friends <laughs> for like five hours, so they know, they know what that means.
1: It's been a long day. Okay, let's start. Should we start from the jump? Should we start with uh, Boogie Cousins starting the game? Yes, cause let's do it. That was phenomenal. I, I, I kind of expected Andrew Bogut. We did this on a radio show yesterday. I kind of expect, expected Andrew Bogut, but I think Steve Kerr just said, "Listen, we're just going to play our best guys. We're going to play our best talented players, and whatever happens, happens." And bruh, Boogie was Boogie was amazing.
2: Absolutely, and I knew Boogie had a role, particularly without KD. Like because the biggest issue I had with people saying like. They, they shouldn't play boogie is they really struggle to score the ball against a good defense. And this Raptors team is a good defense. Like, let, let's be real about it. They're a good defensive team. Um, And they play, you know, without boogie, it's Steph, Clay, and three dudes not looking to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just he just brings some more. But I don't even want to talk about that. I would just – his energy and heart was probably like, I think he kind of ignited the team more than once in terms of just loose ball plays in terms of, you know, he made mistakes. The minute he was on there, Kawhi was looking to hunt him. And that was a smart move on the Raptors part, right? Like if if he was out there, I'd be like, all right, we're going to hunt Boogie. Like obviously that's smarter than hunting Draymond or Igadol or anyone else. Right. Um, And he, and he um, was just—I I don't know—I don't know how to put it. I, I think it was just kind of like one of those. He, he kind of played harder than everyone is the best way to put it.
1: Yeah, he play, <laughs> That's the type of energy you need because it's like Jordan Bell played and Jordan Bell plays hard, but it's like he's just not that good, especially in the NBA Finals. And then Kevon Looney, by the way, who looked like he snapped his head on the floor—that looked bad. Um, I think they said it was a, By the way, here are the ambulance is in the background. Um, Warriors games in the Bay Area. Um, but like Kevon Looney looks like what did they say, Sam? Like a shoulder or chest or, or something like that didn't look pretty the way he fell on the
2: ground. there. Yeah, we'll we'll um, get into the injuries later, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think this was one of my favorite Warrior games just from the standpoint of yeah. no KD, Looney goes mm-hmm. down, Iguodala is mm-hmm. nursing a um injured calf, hamstring. Yeah, oh. I mean he I mean, he was playing. That way, like no one even remembers. Steph has injuries; doesn't really matter. Clay goes down. Clay, who had been, we'll get into Clay's amazing performance later. But Mm -hmm. I mean, it it was. I thought it was just a gutsy game. It was one of those where it's like, if you are gonna hate on this team at this point, you are you are just hating because you know they can they can lose this series. Clay cannot come back. KD cannot come back, and Toronto should win the series if those two don't come back. It's that simple. Um, but I'm, if that happens, I'll be completely satisfied because I think it it just showed a lot of heart.
1: Yeah, dude, that's, that's the thing. Like people, like it's, we saw a tweet from someone that was saying like, these guys have like five all-stars or whatever. It's like, let's talk about it right now. Katie's not playing like, like Draymond is playing well, but like Andre Godala's hurt. Steph Curry, he had some type of thing today where he was. They literally. I mean, but they're all playing with
2: heart. I I don't have an issue with.
1: That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing.
2: Well, I think this is what it comes down to. I I know Warrior fans. Warrior fans can deal with losses if they feel like it was all left on the field, that type of thing. And I I, I know you feel the same way as me, Andy. Like, I get annoyed when they lose in dumb fashions. I don't get annoyed when Clay goes down iguodala goes down and like all this stuff happens and they they fight pretty much to the end of it and it's just kind of like they shouldn't have enough you know i i I can live with that because it's just it's just the nature of the situation and there was heart behind it i can't live with just kind of stupidity
1: yeah stupidity and and the lot of first half game one <clears throat> a lot of 1st half game one was stupidity. But it's like they have enough talent where it's just like if you play hard, you're fine. And by the way, can we talk about Quinn Cook? You talk about heart, Like someone, Quinn Cook, who was not playing last year in the playoffs against Houston and not playing against the Cavs, Bruh, he made some shots that were – he played a lot of that third quarter and most of that fourth quarter where you almost can't take Quinn Cook out the game. It was incredible.
2: Yeah, I th- I thought he was um, – this is where I have to eat my um, – I got, I got to apologize to Kerr and bring my humility out into the pod. Where it's just <laughs> like, you know, he, he does these things where I'm like, dude, why are you playing this guy right now? Why are you playing him right now? And it's annoying because, you know, you, you want to watch your team win in every moment. And then you see why because in these moments, I don't think – Nick nurse could have gone to, you know, his 11th man and got this kind of confidence. I don't think most coaches, no could, have, but this is kind of who the warriors are at this point. And it, you know, everyone makes fun of strength and numbers and they should, because it's the more it goes on, the less it's a thing. Like this isn't a deep team, but it worked tonight. He got, he got minutes. It, like yeah. he got more out of Quinn cook tonight than I think any coach could have got out of Quinn cook.
1: Yeah oh my god we're a steve's we're a steve kerr pod right now oh i love it i gotta i'll I'll
2: admit i'll admit where i'm wrong i'll admit where i'm wrong i was i was a little (laughs) um you know i don't have the patience so
1: you know how we are people know how people know how warriors but you know the thing is like quinn cook in this series he can play because the raptors don't really hunt guys right and it's like if he guards fred van vliet or like kyle Lowry. Like between me and you, like that's fine. Well, like, that's it's the a, it's the, the other
2: thing. Like um, Quinn Cook might have issues if they're playing Russell Westbrook, and they need yeah, If they if they had a guard who is physical and go downhill, but that's not who the Raptors are. Like yeah, if he gets switched on to Kawhi Leonard, it's a problem. But I mean, any point guard gets switched on to a big time, you know, small forward point right. Like. At, at, that at that too. point, it's it just is what it is. Like you, you don't want to play Quinn Cook against uh, a, a Kyrie Irving, a, a point guard who can really hunt guards like that. And that, but that's not what we're dealing with right now. Nope,
1: nope. And that's that's one of the big differences. By the way, the Warriors. I just saw a stat from uh, Haralabob. Uh, the Warriors assisted on ninety percent of their field goals tonight. Um, they made fourteen field goals in the third quarter. Assisted on fourteen of them. And I think that is that is attributed to the way that they're playing box in one defense. By the way, Seth, uh, Steph's brother Seth was tweeting that um, they're playing box in one's defense against Steph, and literally opens everything up. They had a what eighteen and one run do or, you think, or something like that. Do you think Steph will get credit run? for
2: this, or do you think the the clutch <laughs> oh bot media will will let us know that he's a non Finals MVP and Draymond carried him? Because <laughs> I mean,
1: it, credit from who, Sam? Well,
2: you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but I mean it, it is a thing like I was walk- first off they I mean can we can we go through the Toronto first off Danny Green's been one of the best steph defenders over the years right yep Fred yep. Fred villainet in, in my opinion he, he pretty much just a Dutch uh Chris Paul he's so good at um just playing dirty and like fouling under the waist and I give him credit for yep. that that's that's I mean it's a skill right but That's pretty much what it comes down to. It's like they put a guy like that on Steph, and they try to bang the hell out of him off ball and to play box defense. And they should because the Warriors have no shooters. This is the the thing. Everyone's like, um, Steph has more support. I said it on the radio show that he has less support than LeBron James. I stand by it. LeBron plays with four shooters. He gets an open court. Look what Steph would look like with an open court. Yep,
1: I I think it's a yep. There's nothing you I can do. I think
2: I think people underrate how easy it is for an elite player to play with four shooters.
1: That's why that's and like, look
2: at this year, right? We're not
1: talking about LeBron all okay, all pod, but like look at they put Rajon Rondo around them right? They put a bunch of guys that Lance Stevenson that can't shoot around him, and you look at the struggles of that team; they can't win. Right. It's like you almost damn near want Kyle Korver to be around that yeah. even though he kind of can't do anything outside of shooting. You look at Steph Curry, you look at Steph Curry and it's like Sean Livingston. He makes guys it's like Andrew that playable. He makes Trey guys Mon like Green. that
2: playable because yep. he can play off the ball. Yep. And that's I, I, I think that's an underrated thing. Like it, we've got to this point where we fetishize triple doubles so much that we don't realize the majority of the NBA can do something with the ball. And having that ability to float on and off ball is far more beneficial than being able to dominate the ball. Like, so what? You can make a marginal Dealy guy play. I'd rather have the guy who can make an average player play above average. I, I'd rather have the guy who can make Sean Livingston look amazing than the guy who makes, yeah, the and guy he who makes. Um, I don't know. Like,
1: Well, he makes Draymond Green from above average to great. Like, offensively. Exa- not defensively, exactly, but yeah. Offensively. Like he made like you see Kayvon Ludi. like Kayvon, like if he was healthy tonight, he probably would have had double digit points, and like that's the type of stuff where you're like, man, like at, that's because of Steph Curry, like that's that's the type of thing where you're he wouldn't have those opportunities without Steph, and you know, kudos to Steph is he doesn't say anything other than that. I don't think he said anything. I don't Be, think he because said that's a tra- that's a traditional basketball thing
2: where it's like, um, you help your team win in any. In any way possible, like yep. it's only in the yep. last five years, it's been about like, well how many rebounds did he got? I didn't get how many assists. Like, I mean, <laughs> I watched Kobe Bryant's entire career. Kobe averaged five assists a game. He got so many, just you know, kind of gravity-related assists from like defenders going to him and the ball moving to the other side, and like nowhere near the level Steph did. But like, the point stands: if you buy into a system, you're gonna impact the game without you getting numerical value but i mean now we live in a society where it's all about <laughs> you know playing for yourself and so yeah
1: team. It's, yep and nobody i mean and steph didn't get any numbers right any numbers off of this hockey assist anything that you can see tangibly on the box score off of that but he he played well like he wasn't a plus death but he played well and just the presence of him is really incredible like Seriously, when, when's the last time you ever saw someone um, guard it like that? I, I don't think College I've ever basketball. seen one in like what, 20 years.
2: Is really what it comes down to. By the way, I think this is – It's not think, real defense. I think this is it's hilarious not. because I said after game one, um, how would the media react to Steph only scoring 23 and Kawhi getting 35 but Steph's team winning? And lo and behold, game two, Steph 23 points on a non-efficient shooting night. And Kawhi had 34. <laughs> like, literally, wow, literally they literally that's walked amazing. into it. I, and I'm going to be curious to see how it's reacted to because, in my opinion, I thought Kawhi played a great game one, even though he didn't score well. He did. Um, but he he, he, did. he made all the team plays he needed to win. And that's, exact, and that's exactly what place. Seth did in game two. Yep.
1: yep. Yep. And Kawhi was good tonight. Really though. good. He was good tonight. He drew a bunch of fouls. He was what what did he go like 15 for 16 16 for 16. Like in game
2: yeah. 1 14 rebounds
1: 16
2: for 16 and- my, my um my favorite Kawhi thing is when he's in the paint and a wings on him and he just grabs the ball in the air over someone and you're like he makes yeah. he makes Klay Thompson or um you know uh McKinney look like children in those kind of presents and I'm just like
1: okay I don't know what to say about that Let's talk let's talk about Draymond Green's defense tonight. After Pascal Siakam was 14 for 17. Out. You want to talk about
2: Draymond Green? Um,
1: what, oh I cut out. Oh, um yeah, I was going to say let's talk about Draymond Green's defense cuz um after game 1, uh Pascal went 14 for 17. This game, he had that big steal against Kawhi um where he reached in and poked the ball away from him uh in the late fourth quarter. Draymond was back tonight. Like that was a peak Draymond performance where he had no choice. He was going up against Fred Van Vliet, where he was switching off the screens. And then when Kawhi would try to spin, move, post up on him, it wasn't happening. And one of the things where, like, he can do everything. Like, that's the most impactful defensive player, the best, most impactful defensive player. He did it all. Like, he did it all. And Marcus Saul was terrible. Serge Ibaka was terrible. Like, Draymond Green, Boogie Cousins, like, whoever played us. Like, yeah, Drew Dre was, Dre a was engaged. Games, but it was and it's, Draymond. it's
2: really lazy to call it just, yep. oh, he's engaged he he was like a one man wrecking crew on <laughs> defense there. Um we we all knew Siakam would regress a little bit, but like yes, from 14 of 17 to 5 of 18. That's a that's a big regression. Wow, he went 5 of 18. Wow.
1: Over 3 from yeah, 3. Yeah,
2: I mean, if he hit threes that's good. I was mostly concerned about when um Draymond was guarding him inside the paint because that was that was really going to mm-hmm. be like Dre was always going to give him the threes, and if he's going to rain from outside, you're just like, you know, good for you, man. Right? It was, uh, it was, it was the inside <laughs> stuff where he just he couldn't get a shot off. Nope,
1: nope. Like they weren't giving him those easy. Like I remember in game one where he would have like a just an easy like sidestep layup or like a quick shot layup or something like that. That wasn't happening this game. And that's one of the things where it's like you look at game one. We didn't record after game one, but it's like. They looked a little rusty in the first half and even in the second half where they kind of looked a little like, oh my God, these guys are a little faster than we thought. Um, That didn't happen this game. And, you know, the Warriors were still down by five and they were down by 12 in the first half. But then they went on that 20-0 run in the the third quarter. But it's like the Raptors played really well in the first half. They made a lot of shots. But when the Warriors turned it up, that's what happens. Like they turned it up a little bit on offense and they definitely turn it all the way up on defense and they made all the right reads and rotations. There's not much you can do. Like, I don't think that the Raptors are that good on offense where they can stem that run. Right. Like, do you think that that's like, they can't sustain that through the series And, and they're going to the Warriors now. So it's like, You don't think that Fred Van Vliet is going to score 17 points again on the road. Like, that's my biggest kind of concern. if Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, I want to transition this. Uh, We've gone 20 minutes and we haven't talked about Clay Thompson.
1: Have we gone 20 minutes? Damn.
2: Clay. um, I feel like Clay is the weirdest player for us to break down because it's very easy to talk about Steph, (laughs) it's very easy to talk about Draymond, but it's very Uh hard to. I guess, put an exact value on everything clay does, and um I hope to God he's okay. I think every warrior fan is doing that. I mean, we mm-hmm. saw how hard they struggled to score the minute he got hurt like they they held that game more than anything mm-hmm. um but man, right he. <sighs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to let you go on that because I think that was um, a, lot, <laughs> okay. a lot of focus is on what Clay can't do instead of the fact that he's absurdly right. elite at what he can do.
1: Right. So uh, let's start with the first thing. Um, Rachel Nichols did report on ESPN right before we started the pod. She said that Clay said that injury was not as bad as the Jr. Smith uh, ankle injury uh, when Jr. ran into him last year in the finals and and he had a high ankle sprain Clay literally played the next game, and Clay said it's not as bad as that one. So I, I think we'd like to assume that Clay is probably going to play Game Three. So let's start with that. Um, just how tough he is, because that's ridiculous. Can you imagine if Steph had that injury? Um, so let's we'll go there. Um, toughness of Clay, but you're right in that Clay is always going to do what he's going to do. Like he's not going to all of a sudden just because he struggled Game One, he's not going to come out here and start dribbling all over the place and like start doing like start trying to make weird difficult passes. He's just going to keep chucking, right? And like I think that like and he chucked better than he did in game 1 cuz he shot the same shots, Sam. I don't think he shot easier shots. It was tough shots. He just made them. He just made those tough shots. Yeah, like, I mean
2: he moves he he moves he ass off ball. He he has no problem with contest. Uh-huh. He I do think I do think his off ball movement is underrated in the sense of um how many guys can move off ball like that right it makes it easier to play with right it, it gives you it gives you but yeah, you, you get maybe. what I'm saying yeah. how much would James yeah, Harden a bit, love to play with the guy moved off yeah. ball like that? how much would LeBron James love to play with the guy moved off ball like that I mean you can go down the line but it does make it easier when it, a guy doesn't need the ball in his hands the way you do
1: Yep, and and he and Draymond made some great passes. Draymond and Cousins, right? Draymond and Cousins had some amazing passes to Clay, where they were a threat. Boogie was a threat. Draymond had about seventeen points, so he was a real threat. And playing off of that, they got real passes to Clay, where it's he becomes a problem. And uh, that's the thing with Clay; like he's not going to bring that every single game. But like Andre Iguodala, when you absolutely need that, he's there. And, that, and that's like the biggest thing about this Warriors team. It's that when you absolutely need a big game, and the Warriors were down 0-1 in Toronto, and they needed this win because you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know if Katie's coming back. They bring that game. Like it's people say, like, "Oh, they got a bunch of All Stars, they got a bunch of talent." But it's man, it's so much more than that for this team. They got the, the Houston Rockets have a bunch of talent. The OKC Thunder in twenty sixteen had a bunch of that talent, right? But this team has a lot of like championship winning plays that I I think gets underrated. Because like people only look at the amount of talent and they don't think like me. also
2: if the jump is not telling you every day about how uh intrinsic their value <laughs> is, if they're not running back <laughs> highlights of Steph diving for balls, Igadala diving, Draymond, you know, they but but they'll let you know about other players doing it, right?
1: Yep. Yep, yep. Like they'll, they'll let you know about other like hustle tough plays, but they're not talking about the Warriors where I mean Steph made some tough plays. Like we don't talk about Steph's defense. Steph was good tonight on defense. Steph's always good on defense, right? Like that's never talked about.
2: When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com, the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage your ship orders. No matter wh- where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can get ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. That's BLUE. B-L-U-E. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works With all major carriers, including UPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solutions for you and your customers. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You can ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just choose ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Enter the promo code BLUE
4: i talk to you guys about today's sponsor of the show. Harry's Razors is welcoming Blue Wire listeners and helping them save with a better shaving experience. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire and save $10 on a value trial set, which includes five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Enough with the cheap razors. Go try Harry's right now. It's just $3 for our loyal listeners here on Fit it to win it and all the blue wire pods. Harry's is fi- has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned, so they bought a world-class blade factory in Germany and have been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial off by going to harrys.com bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash Wire to redeem your razor for just $3. I, should we stay on clay? or Because I kind
2: of well, want to... Wanna, boom we have some questions, so I'm going to start with this one, which is a boogie-related one. Oh. Uh, from Dylan Bach. Uh, okay. Loyal listener. Thank you, Dylan. Um. Am I crazy for thinking Boogie should maybe start Game Three, or sorry, am I crazy for thinking Bogut should maybe start Game Three over Boogie if Ooh. KD isn't back? I like the idea of bringing Boogie in the last four to five minutes of the first to get his rhythm and play the first part of the second with the bench unit. Your thoughts?
0: Uh, no,
1: they can't play Bogut. I mean, Bogut's probably a better matchup here than Jordan Bell, but. I think at this point in the NBA Finals, you just got to play your best players. Just simply put, play your best players as many minutes as you can. I think it's it's time to just stop being cute. And I think starting Andrew. Boogie, now let's Boogie, let's talk about Boogie
2: because you wanted to get into that. Um, I I think more than anything, I just I thought the guy played harder than anyone. Like he he wasn't without mistakes on defense. Um, the Raptors hunted him every possession, and I didn't really know what to. You know, in my mind, the whole time I was going, like, I don't know how many minutes he can play because, like, Kawhi keeps hunting him and, you know, I want him on the floor when Kawhi's not there. Yeah, and and I think
1: even though they did that, even when Kawhi was there, I think they sent enough help where – Remember in Game 1, they just sent help to Kawhi no matter what happened? Like, they would send two at him and leave guys wide open. I think in Game 2, they were way smarter about that, where it's like, okay, if it's Clay, we'll live with it if Kawhi makes a shot. If it's Andre, if it's Dre, we'll live with it. But we're not just going to send a double no matter what. And they make those smart defensive decisions where it's like, man, if it's Boogie on Kawhi, send a double, right? If it's Queen Cook on Kawhi, send a double. But if not, let's just go ahead and just – have Kawhi try to make those shots. And outside of that, we'll live with it. And I think that was a smart adjustment that they made. And that's the IQ piece about the Warriors that gets underrated too because it's like, these guys are smart, man. They're geniuses. And uh, that's that's how they can keep Boogie on the floor um, because Boogie's not – he's not going to do anything, right? He's not going to stop Kawhi. But if they make the right adjustments like that, they'll live with it. And, and that's why I think he's okay playing 25, 30 minutes as long as he, you know, still healthy.
2: Yeah, so from uh Rob Dennis, um so happy for cousins. Everything he did was completely needed. I was legit worried all the goodwill was going to dry up during the 30s. <laughs> um, I thought his tech was on him, just psyched <laughs> for him and that big play mo- playoff moment. So
1: by the way, Rob Dennis has a Popovich Kerr um Shirt on in his Popovich Kurt twenty twenty shirt on in his uh, 80s. yeah. I
2: figured you'd appreciate.
1: that. <laughs> you saw that he's also a developer at FireEye. Who was uh, anyway? It's a tech company, but uh, I mean, think about uh, think about Boogie here. Who's uh, first finals right? I think he kind of almost begged his way to come back.
4: Yeah.
2: First playoffs. That's, that's the thing that um, we we don't really talk about it. He got hurt in the first round. He didn't get a chance to play in the playoffs at all. Um, and to come back at this stage. And I mean, we I can I can break down all my issues with Boogie. Like his defensive rotation is not great, a well, little slow, not always the most like in the first half he was doing this thing where he tried to tell Draymond he had a guy, and Draymond was like, No, I have him and then he Draymond just left because he's like, Dude, this guy's not <laughs> listening to me and I'm gonna make the better decision right here and like that sort of stuff, but uh you know, it's not the greatest process mentally. What I was seeing, but at the same time, it was like, I mean, he got so many loose balls. He made so many offensive plays. It was, it was a lot of. You just kind of roll with it because the guy was making an impact on the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think you think he can stay on the floor rest of the series? You think this was a fluky game though?
2: Um, well, it depends what it means stay on the floor. I think he can give you. Uh. I think he can give you fifteen to twenty minutes.
1: Crunch time minutes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You think he can play crunch time minutes?
2: Uh, game to game. I, I He's he's okay. not penciled in crunch time the way Iguodala is crunch – the way Draymond is. Right, right. Um, But I do think he can play, and this is the hard part for Kerr. Uh, Boogie is going to buy into this right now, but if Boogie comes back and he has more of kind of a focal role, it's harder to tell a guy like that, like you're not playing these minutes.
1: Right. Well, but I also think like after the game, Boogie – and this might just be like a PR – just might be like a media-friendly kind of thing. But after the game, Cousins did say – Kerr told him that, you know, you're going to start tonight. And what is his feelings on that? And Cousins said, hey, you know, you want – you tell me what you want. I don't care. You want me to play eight minutes or 40 minutes? It doesn't matter to be – right? And and that's like – you know, it could be he's just saying that. But, you know.
2: Boogie thinks he's a star. And he is a star, right? He is a star, right? Yeah. So the, the what it comes down to is right now everyone buys in, but in a year and a half, is he gonna be comfortable with being benched for Looney? Uh, I don't
1: know.
2: <laughs> he's not on
1: the t- he's not on the team a year from now, but yeah. We don't we don't need to deal with that, but that, right. that's what we're right. talking about here, right? Um okay, next one, next one, next one. Um from Seb Guts. Ten. What are the hell, is guts? Um. He says he likes Bruce Springsteen. By the way, whatever that means. Um. Light years podcast. Rick Celebrini earns his money here, right? Do we miss Chelsea Lane? Uh, I don't think I want to answer this, but I more want to use this question to talk about injuries, uh, because the Warriors are. So let's break it down. Uh, Steph was apparently dehydrated tonight, so maybe he had the flu game.
2: I think the Raptor fans poisoned him. <laughs>
1: right? right? Right. Or you think Ayesha poisoned him. Or, or accidentally fed him some raw fish. Or raw uh, raw chicken. <laughs> um, but Steph, Steph looked like he wasn't uh, fully himself. Uh, Igadala was reported that he was limping around in the locker room after the game. Uh, KD is obviously injured. Uh, he might be back three or four. Um, Boogie Cousins is playing through a quad where he's not really fully 100%. So, man. Like, at, one point, at what point do you think it's too many injuries? Or is it just, like, no excuses? Because... For a team that's this talented, that is a lot of injuries.
2: I think it's both. I think if you're a Warriors fan, you can, I guess, hold your head up high because the way I see it is, if they lose, um, from everything that's going on right now, it seems like they're going to lose because they're just they're just falling short. It's not going to be a quit thing. And as a fan perspective, you just the worst thing in the world is when it, when a team chokes or quits on you and that's not what's going to happen right here right like if they lose it's going to be just a situation where they just they run out of bodies like I I don't expect Jonas Jarebko to to replace Clay Thompson like I I appreciate everything Jarebko does but it's just the reality of it
1: right yeah Jarebko was also not great tonight but it's one of those things where
2: I think Jarebko is uh, going to be great in game three and four because um, as they always say, the role players play better at home. He got some easy looks. Those looks go down in Oracle, and you know it.
1: I think uh, I don't know if they can play, but Alfonso McKinney. Those looks are probably good. By the way, he airballed a shot hard today, um, which you kind of could see coming. Um, but uh, you know, Alfonso he-
2: McKinney played the finals game, and the Warriors are one one. <laughs> Jerome's Derepko played in the finals game and they're one one. Like, I mean, that's what we're talking about here. I think Warrior fans would I don't know. Like it's hard to get it's hard to get upset at a team when majority of your core is out injured, right? Like it's easy to get let's put it this way if the whole team was healthy and they disintegrated because of some interpersonal drama, that's where you get upset. Yeah. Yeah, they're the
1: furthest away from that right now, too. Yeah, if
2: if Clay just can't physically play, KD can't play, um, you know, and all that stuff, and they lose, you just, like, you just kind of accept it as it's unfortunate, it sucks, but, you know, they gave everything they had. Yep,
1: yep, and uh, they did did game two, and, uh, you know, we'll we'll be interested to see what happens in game three. Uh, Do you have a question? I have one from... Go for it. Anthony Jabber. Um, Please discuss that box in one strategy. I've never heard it till tonight. And it seems like a big talking point.
2: (laughs) So box in one. First off, I've played a lot of box in one because my basketball (laughs) career peaked at like, you know, eighth grade or so. So (laughs) I mean, it's the most common strategy used for, I guess like under 15, right? Because most teams you have one, you have one dude and you're like, all right, you check him, and we're just going to zone everyone
1: else. Yeah, that's exactly ne- what it is. But
2: I've never seen it in an NBA finals.
1: No, and you never see it in an NBA game, and you never see it. in it. it is literally a middle school strategy. It is a high school strategy at best. Even when someone's like, I remember Andrew Schiller from that Warriors outsider would love this because uh, he he's a little older. But there was this guy that played. Oh, Frankie high Ferrari. Uh, Frankie Ferrari played, but this guy named um, Papa George, um, he was chucking up thirty footers. Right. Um, This is before Frankie
2: Ferrari. This is before it was trendy.
1: Right before it was trendy, and uh, we played him one time, and we went boxing one (laughs) because it was like you would just be shooting from half court and be making them right, kind of like Steph. Where it's like, you know what? If other guys are gonna beat us, screw it. We're not going to let this guy, though, beat us, right? And that's like the kind of gimmicky defense where you have to play, where you're desperate.
2: and, that and You're is, just like, like desperation. I, th- I think most of our listeners get it, but those who don't, it's really disrespectful <laughs> to everyone else <laughs> on the team. You're, you're essentially saying you got one dude. It's, it's really what you're saying. You're saying... Yep. Um, you know, in this case, Steph Curry, but you know, wh- whoever it be, you know, Andy Lou, Andy Lou's the only dude on this team who can dribble the fucking ball. Everyone else is a joker. We're just gonna zone, and if they pass to him, we'll give them a light contest. That's about it. That's what you're you're really saying you don't respect anyone but one person. and it's yep. it's really. Unless you played it, it's really hard to truly sum up, like, just how disrespectful it is.
1: Yep, yeah, it is. It, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, war, the Warriors see this offense all the time. But to this extent, Sam, I don't think they've seen it to this extent. And they'll get used to it. This is game two right now. The Warriors are one-on-one. One, um, provided people... I think it's fine. To, it, it,
2: yep. it's fine if clay used to if clay plays go for the boxing one i don't care you know it yep it brought draymond to life like yep draymond's good enough to take advantage of a gimmicky defense draymond's not good enough to make his own one-on-one move against um a set siakam there's a big difference Yep.
1: yep yep that's exactly it that's exactly it because it's like you want to do that against Steph? You're going to leave people open. Don't get used to this defense. This is not the first. This is not the first time that the Warriors have played this defense, right? All of a sudden, you'll get Bogut. <laughs> you know, you see those Bogut tip ins, those Bogut alley oops. Those those st- those will start to become normalized, and the Warriors will start to be prepared for this defense, um, and they'll start to figure it out, and they'll start to play way better against this, especially at home here in Game Three and Game Four. So, I, I expect the Warriors to play much better. Um, against this defense, even if Steph is going to be trapped, and Steph had what six for seventeen, right? He's going to play better than this too. He missed a bunch of open shots in that first half, a lot of open three. So, um, hopefully he. uh, What what did they say it was? Did they ever say what Steph was hurt with, or was he just sick or or whatever? But every
2: bad game, every bad game Steph has, he's hurt. It's it's signed. He's never had a bad game. That's the rules.
1: (laughs) These are the Light Years podcast
2: rules. Let's move forward. So, game three is Wednesday. Uh, do you think Ooh. Do you think KD plays? Uh yes. Oh, you do? I, I know you don't. I know you don't think so. I don't think he plays Wednesday. I think I think because they're one one, they're gonna stretch it. Um,
1: well, I, I think okay. So, I think that um, I think that because uh, Clay Thompson's hurt, and sure he's gonna play, but he's hurt, and Igudala's limping around the locker room. I think with those things going on, I think that KD is going to find a way to push himself into the lineup, and as he should. And he's going to be like, hey, like we're hurt. We're not 100%. Guys are not healthy. You guys need me. And that's true. They do need him right now uh, to come back because the rest of the starting lineup isn't there, isn't fully there. And uh, I think he does play. I think he does play. And, uh, man, that would be great. That would be great.
2: All right, let's move this. Let's move this a step forward. Um, on the Raptor side, um, I thought Kawhi was limping around a little bit. Uh, the, right? the extra day will probably help him, but w- what are they saying? Because you could say they finished 11 of 38 from three. That's pretty disgusting. And <laughs> I thought the Warriors got out on shooters pretty well, but not that well. That, that wasn't a um. A quote unquote clinic where like Igadol and Draymond are just closing every shooter on earth.
1: I think they chucked a lot of those though. They did. Yeah, I don't think like.
2: I mean, I mean, Kawhi was two of nine. He definitely chucked a handful of them. Siakam yep. was 0 of 3. Siakam's, Siakam's a Draymond. Not a great shooter. He's a Draymond. Shooter. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll like yeah, randomly yeah. hit three in the game, but you know, he's not, yeah. he's not a guy who's going to hit two of every five.
1: And especially not an Oracle right like the warriors have home court now that's true right like they have 3 home games left and i know that the warriors aren't that great at home this year but they have 3 home games left and i do like do, i've said this since the beginning of the series i don't see Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet and and Serge Ibaka and those guys playing that well on the road Like they weren't even that great at home, outside of FanFleet. By the way, FanFleet's been amazing, but like I don't think that they're going to show up like that.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not actually worried about. um, I don't think this this Raptor team is the type who gets shook in those situations. They're not that young.
1: Twenty old run tonight, Sam.
2: Yeah, but I don't think it's a situation of um, mentally being overwhelmed. If that makes sense, I think it's just an issue where um, Siakam's not a good shooter. Um. Kawhi's uh I mean Kawhi's a good shooter, but he's not he's not the deep threat his percentage necessarily says he is, if that makes sense. Uh-huh.
1: uh-huh. Yep. Um No that makes sense because it's the postseason different in the NBA finals. Everyone shoots five
2: percent you- worse in the playoffs from deep. Yep. Um like, stuff. I mean he does too. He's just <laughs> his just regular season's a lot higher. Right. Um what are we going with here? Uh you know, I mean they're only playing eight guys too, is what it comes down to. I think we should probably wrap this up. Or well, okay, this so let, victory, let, this is a victory lap pod after going getting back to one and one. Um, I guess it's it's really hard to discuss like because everything's dependent on injuries right now, right?
1: It does. It does. So let's go with this. Let's go with predictions for the rest of the series. Um, do you want to go first or you want me you want me to go? You go first. Um I think I predicted Warriors in five before the series, and I I did expect them to win game one. They did not. Um, And the more I thought about it after game one, uh, to me, it it felt like the Warriors could win at least three in a row, even four in a row. I think right now it feels to me that they should win the next three games and they should win this in five because to me – I do think KD going to be back in game three, and that is a whole different ballgame for the Raptors. And I think that they do win twice um, at home, and then just game five, is the Raptors. Just I don't expect – I just don't believe in those role players, and I think this was more par for the course for the Raptors. What Pascal and what Kyle and what Gasol and these guys did this game, I think this is the normalization. This is normal for the Raptors, and game one was more of an aberration. So for me, I still think the Warriors should win the next three games in, in, in this one five.
2: So I disagree with you. I think the Raptors have at <laughs> least one more in them. Um, I think they're going to get one when KD comes back, whether it's in game three or game four. Um, they're going to get one based off of I, – I do believe in their role players. I think they're good players. I think they have a good team overall. And I think – there's going to be one of those weird games where the chemistry is off and the integrations off. And I mean, the Mm -hmm. biggest thing I feel about the series, it doesn't matter to me if it goes six games, if it goes five games, it goes seven games. Mm -hmm. It's, it's accumulation of teams who haven't played against each other. So their mistakes are magnified. Like if the Raptors get hot one game because the Warriors don't realize something, it has more to do with the Warriors not knowing their sets than it has to do with anything else, and that's okay, um, in in the sense of uh, what it says about the teams. But you know, it, it gets dangerous in these series facing each other because they just have no experience against each other.
1: You think you think that's possible? Though, like yes. it felt like that was more game one.
2: Like I, I thought I they like, shot terrible I, tonight. I think um, who who did the Raptors? Yeah, I think and that's fair. Like push come to sub, I'm gonna take the team with Iguodala, Dream on those guys to make plays, but there's still another game where the Raptors can shoot better. I think yeah. I think they have at least one more game in them, is what I'm coming down to. You think the
1: you, th- you had the Warriors in six, right? I did. You're probably yeah. keeping to
2: that. I'm gonna stick yeah. with that. It wouldn't surprise me to go seven though. If the if yeah. Katie doesn't play game three and they win and they go up two one, I think go seven.
1: Wait, the Raptors win game three. You think go seven?
2: Yeah, because I th- that's, that's I yeah, think yeah, they'll sense. get yeah. one of the three games. So if the Raptors go up two one, um, and Katie comes back. You got to win three in a row for it to end in six. And I think the Raptors will get one. So I think it, it's series get really short out of nowhere is really what comes down to it for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Raptors needed this one, and then I was watching the first half, and it, it fe- like I tweeted that the the Raptors were giving off uh thunder vibes. Um, and, and to your point, like, it, it, they did. They did. Like, that defense, the way they can swarm the Warriors, the way they can affect shots, like, even just contestant layups, like, they have that, like, a th- 2016 Thunder uh, vibe where it's like they can make the game way tougher for the Warriors just because the Warriors are not the most athletic team.
2: And, they're and, not and I, I will say that this. I, I would not be surprised if the Warriors – um. Rest pushed everyone back one game. If Clay sat game three, if KD, oh sat, God, stop! It wouldn't surprise me. Is all I'm saying. It wouldn't surprise. Wow. Me, it wouldn't surprise me if they want. Like you call an arrogant move. It wouldn't. That is high level arrogance. What's more arrogant? <laughs> pushing a guy to play game three or letting him sit one game and letting him re-aggravate it. I don't know.
1: Uh, oh, come on. Every game. I mean, every game. Yeah, right now is good. so
2: important. But you, I mean, could, you yeah, know you can see I, it. You know it's not out of the realm.
1: It is not. It is not. Especially with someone like Steve Kerr. No, I, I. you say that because you know that it's possible and that's 100% true. But it's just the level of arrogance there is incredible where, where it's like you're not giving away the game. Steph is still playing. Draymond's still playing. But it's like you can't do that. And, and, and you would think that the Warriors aren't going to do that. I, I, I like that they shortened the rotation tonight. Um, and, and they didn't play guys. Steph came in in the fourth quarter with about nine minutes left. Um, they were not messing around. Uh, they, they wanted this game. They needed this game. They won the game. Um, I think they learned their lesson after game one. And they, they got that Houston Rockets uh, level respect. With the Houston Rockets, they started small ball. And the and, uh, Rockets had their respect. And I think right now, the Warriors, the Raptors, have the Warriors respect. And so... It'll be fun. It'll be fun, but man, like I don't want to say that the Warriors figured it out, Sam. But this was more of the the type of game I expected. This was more the Warriors' effort and uh, the win that I kind of expected from Game One. So, um, I'm feeling pretty confident. Um, You you think Raptors in seven? So, you know, good for you.
2: (laughs) Yes, that's true. Um, All right, let's get out of here. Uh, We will. We have a radio show next weekend. And yeah. we'll get something up. We'll, we'll have another pod before game five. So, you know, we're probably not going to pod between game three and four, but send all your questions.
1: Yeah, send all the questions, all the tweets, five stars, you know, subscribe, unsubscribe, and then subscribe again. You know how it goes. So I think we'll be back after game four. I think we'll record next weekend, and uh, hopefully the Warriors are up to the by then.